Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Welcoming you back to the Happiness Pause on Soho Radio with me, Emma Bartholomew. Now, my guest for this edition of the Happiness Pause happens to be the last person I met up with before lockdown. Little did we know when we said goodbye that evening that London would be closed just two days later and we'd be living in a very different daily reality all these weeks on. My guest's illustrious career in music began as a teenage songwriter signed to none other than Sony Music Publishing in the 90s. He discovered a passion for the business side of the music industry and formed a label to release his own record. He's since written, produced and developed artists, including being involved in the development of Amy Winehouse. And his artist collaborations include Jermaine Stewart and Legends Cool and the Gang. He founded record label Track Record Entertainment, recently working with exciting emerging artist Demola and the huge American-born Nigerian-raised artist David O. Managing partner of Music World International, a company he started with one Matthew Knowles, he's also partner in Music World Entertainment, the iconic label founded by Dr. Knowles and famous for the stratospheric careers of Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Oh, and my guest has a law degree. Welcome to the Happiness Pause, Michael K. Kiladejo. Hello. So good to have you on the air, finally. It's great to be here. It's great to be on. Oh, well, thank you. Now, I start by asking all of my guests this question. How happy are you today? Have I got work to do or are you in a good place? <laughs> I'm fairly happy. I, I I keep it on an even keel, um, you know. So uh, I'm some, I'm not euphoric, which is great, and I'm not down in the dumps. So I'm kind of coasting along quite nicely, which is good. So we're we're not in for an emotional roller coaster then. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. And I tell you, your choices of music just bring joy to my heart. So I can't wait to share them with the audience. Um, now, I've asked you to bring us five tracks that uplift you to a happy place. We're all about happiness. We can't be happy all the time, but music can certainly play a massive part in that. So I'd like us to listen to your first choice before we hear all about you. And this is a wonderful song to start us off. Why have you chosen, as if you need a reason, Ain't No Mountain High Enough? Oh, gosh. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Um, that's just one of the songs that... that um, when I heard it at a very, very uh, early age, uh, it resonated with me. It's just really a, an uplifting song. And um, and also what struck me when I, with the story behind that song was the fact, is the fact that um, Marvin Gaye uh, recorded it with Tammy Terrell. And um, uh, she, Tammy Terrell's an artist that um, 
you know, she her story was that she recorded about I think it was seven duets with with um, with Marvin, um, and um, she unfortunately um, lost her life um, due to a, a brain tumor at the age of twenty four. Um, but wow. Shams, yeah, she she was amazing, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, young lady, um, and she really was Marvin's muse, um, um, and um, it was pretty much soon after that 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 that, that marvin um went into his his slightly more um self-exploratory uh, period um with with the album what's going on so um it really it really it really resonates with me the song how uplifting um it is but also how how brightly um tammy um shined with with the time that she had on this earth um so every time i hear it it's just a magical song Oh, well, that is a beautiful introduction. I think we'll just let the music now speak for itself. This is the incomparable Ain't No Mountain High Enough and the beautiful combination of Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Such a beautiful blend of the vocals of Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell there. The first choice of my guest for today's Happiness Pause on Soho Radio. And today I'm speaking to Michael K. Kiladejo, who can tell us so many stories about the music industry. It is kind of unimaginable. Michael, I wanted to force your hand into some name dropping, which really isn't hard for you to do on the one hand because of the people you've worked with over the years, but you can be so modest. I had no idea, for example, before today that you had worked with Amy Winehouse. You really do keep your light hidden under a bushel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now this is, this is an interesting part of your um, career that I wanted to just focus on for a second um at one point you wrote produced and developed a girl group called choice now our audience may not be they may be but they may not be that familiar with that name but dear listener you will definitely know the name of its lead singer pink yes my guest today discovered pink a fact he told me very sheepishly and modestly when we last met, um, as if there was a chance I hadn't heard of Pink. Uh, (laughs) Pink, Pink, the phenomenal artist whose debut album was then certified multi-platinum. And those were the days when that was really a big deal. Unfortunately, now we're not in such glory days. We don't need to sell so many albums to, to make that claim. But in those days, that was a really big deal. So I just want to thank you, Michael, on behalf of the music-loving world for giving us such an incredible artist. <laughs> <laughs> and can you, can you tell me, it's interesting um, from a kind of outsider's point of view, how, how you come across an artist like that? How did she come onto your radar? Hmm. Uh, well, it's a long and a, and a short story. Um, essentially, um, a friend of mine, um, um, who's a, also a producer, um, was simply, we were, we were in Philadelphia. I was working in Philadelphia at the time, uh, working on various bits and pieces. I believe I may have been just working on something with Cool and the Gang. I think it was a reunion album. Uh, that they were doing at the time. And then for me, that was just phenomenal. Um, yeah. They were my idols growing up. So um, 
uh, I was in the studio with 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 them, going back and forth with them. And a friend of mine in Philadelphia, who I was also working with, um, just was out at a club and um, in, in Philly, and um, he saw this girl, um, and she was she, he, she was struck. He he was struck by how the 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 magnetism she had. She was dancing in a club, and and his eyes were drawn to her, and she was she had such ability, and yet so young at the same time. And um, so he um, he said to her as he was leaving the club, he said, "Look, if if you can sing half as well as you can dance, I really want to work with you." And that happened to be Alicia um, Pink. Um, and of course, she 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 um, sung a few bars, and he brought her to my studio the next day, and that was it. It was a wrap. We we started um, working, uh, writing writing songs, um, recording them, and um, and and from there it was um, it was just a continuous thing. And and back then it wasn't a case of you you put things online and you and you you know you got interest that way. It was very, very, very much old school in that we would, um, we, we, we got the girls, um, we put together the group choice and um, we, um, we started taking them around to the industry parties first to introduce them to everyone we knew. So I remember Boys to Men, uh, one year the lead singer of Boys to Men had a birthday party. We, we would take them there. And so before long, everybody started getting wind of these girls that we were developing. And, um, and then we we ended up putting uh, getting managing to get them on a a, a movie soundtrack, um, uh, uh, Shazam um, that Shaquille O'Neal was was starring in. Um, so got a song called "Key to My Heart" um, that, that Alicia was leasing around with the girls, and um, yeah, and then eventually we got them signed to the Face Records. So um, it was it was a it was a, a process of just working and and taking them around and, and, and doing the work in the studio. Yeah, so a, a true combination of, it's, it's almost like a fairy tale combination of absolutely God-given talent, but then to develop that talent and do the hard graft, as you say, like physically going, doing the rounds, going to the parties, doing the introductions, um, such a different world than the one. I mean, you know, networking is still really important now, but as you say, so much is done online. So, no, absolutely. And and uh, I've been fortunate to work with a few artists uh, that that started with me at a very young age. And and Alicia um, Pink uh, always stood out for me in, in that she was so so driven. She wanted it so passionately. Uh, and and it's it's that passion that comes to you from the other person, which then makes you that, that makes you want to lend you know yourself so much to the project. So she had a lot to do with it. I mean, she would she would cry on my shoulder sometimes after a session, say, "When am I going to make it? Am I going to make it?" She was that passionate. Wow. Um, you know, um, and so you know, at that point, to be to be honest with you. Um, there was no doubt in in my mind that we were going to be successful with 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 the with her, um, you know. So it's just that 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 bubble that creates itself. And um, yeah, and if if you have that kind of uh, faith in an artist at an early stage in their career, do you share that with them, or do, it, does that risk their egos kind of inflating prematurely? Hmm. I think that. I think that that in cases like that, you absolutely do 
um, because there's that. It, it, I mean, it depends on the artist, I suppose, but in that particular instance, you do, and I did, because the integrity, you feed off the integrity of that artist. Um, she she um, was and is a, a true artist. I was speaking to her, her, her dad just um, oh, a couple of months ago, and, and she, we were talking about her career, and he was telling me how passionate, that she's still that passionate, um, you know, as much as she was back then about continuing to do the music. And that's why she's still here, I don't know, 20 odd years later, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and still doing it. So, yeah, when you when you, you see that amount of passion, then you do share it. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a thing you, it's, that comes naturally. Yeah, and passion is such an important fuel in our in our world. Um, I'm interested to know if if discovering such an amazing talent brings you a sense of happiness and fulfillment in your work, or is that slightly overshadowed by the pressure? Because I imagine, you know, seeing such talent and that, and especially when it's combined with that amazing passion, there's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Um. To be honest with you, I don't think about it, <laughs> funnily enough, at all. Good. Um, I don't think about it at all. And, and, and I, it's really interesting because um, I, the last time I saw um, Pink was, was when she came to, to Wembley, um, which was, was that, um, that was, that was summer of last year. And, and we were sitting in, she was, gracious enough to to get us well box seats and all that sort of stuff and I took my daughter and who's 13 and um it was only then when I was sitting in a stadium in Wembley Stadium and and listening and watching all of the people um, um sing along to the songs but also in such a way the way the way that Pink um Beyond being just an artist with great songs, um, just her humanity that that she brought to her show, that was what really struck me and made me proud. Um, it was then I thought, oh wow, you know, we we did good um, bringing this artist to market. Yeah, all those years ago. So yeah, so yeah, bringing her to market and bringing her voice and her talent into the lives of so many people in her in her audience. That's that is a gift, actually, really um to the to the world not to be too grand about it but that's how I feel about these things now we talked about the development of of Alicia of of Pink's career but looking back at the development of your own career how did you get into music from studying law I mean talk about you're not just a triple threat you're like a multiple thread so (laughs) how how did that come about um well I think the interesting thing with that is that I just didn't know what I wasn't supposed to do or say. Um, So, and that's how that worked. I mean, I, I, um, I was actually still in, actually still in school when I signed, um, just out of school when I signed my, my first publishing deal with Sony Music Publishing. And I remember I called up um, a place called the Sony Music at the time, um, managed to get through to, the international professional manager, I think it was a grand title. Um, and um, I said to them, I had a conversation. I said, look, I'm a songwriter um, and I need studio time. And if you give me studio time, 
I'll let you sign me. Oh, <laughs> nice. But I didn't say it in an arrogant way. I said, I, you can have my publishing. You can have my publishing if you give me studio time. Too. Okay. And I don't know how that works out, but I ended up signing a publishing deal with them. And and then um, and then they, 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 they said to me, oh, well, you can sing. You can sing. And we ended up starting a record label out of Sony Music very briefly for, just for me um, called SMP, Sony Music Publishing. And releasing my my own little record, um, missing you. So so that's how that that's how I, I kind of worked my way into the music wow. industry. I just didn't know what I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which translates as the stuff of dreams, basically, yeah. for so many people. Um, and so, has music always been part of your kind of place of happiness in your life? Has it always been in your blood? Oh, definitely never been without it um ever since i can remember um singing to myself as a child um you know and then listening to great singers um and and yeah until today i haven't stopped working in music yeah so um you know i picked up a law degree along the way in between so i i just and that <laughs> Casually. was because, yeah i just you know i've always been working and traveling and, and, and facilitating behind the scenes with music and I think for me, talking about um, music being just part of who you are, the first song that I remember knowing all the lyrics to, which was probably very inappropriate for my young age at the time, was uh, Tina Turner, What's Love Got To Do With It? Um, I think I was about three or four. <laughs> um, do you remember the first song that you knew comfortably all the lyrics to? Oh, God. Ash. Uh, it was probably something really, really, really corny, like Abba Waterloo or something. Oh, good song. <laughs> oh, what a sing-along. <laughs> oh, I love have... Abba. I love... So <laughs> do I. I mean, talk about musical genius in terms of writing and performing. My God. Yeah. Well, sadly, you your... haven't... You you haven't you haven't brought um, Waterloo to our to our table today, which is a shame. Had I known, I would have played it for you. <laughs> um, but I think talking about the pleasure of music, a very mutual pleasure of ours, um, it's probably a great excuse to break for another track. And this is one of my choices, um, and it's "Love Natural" by Frank McComb. <laughs> vocal of Mr. Frank McComb brought to you on the happiness pause today on Soho Radio. Uh, that was Love Natural. Um, big fan of Mr. McComb, I have to say. I think his his voice has got a little bit of a Stevie quality to it, dare I say it, which is a rather big accolade. Today I'm speaking to someone who's contributed a huge amount, both personally and through the people he's worked with and collaborated with um, in the international music industry, Michael K. Kiladejo. Now, Michael, one of your business interests is your partnership with Dr. Matthew Knowles in Music World Entertainment. Your catalogue your catalogue. Now, I can't even end my sentence without being kind of 
having my breath taken away. Um, it includes both Beyonce and Solange, uh, Destiny's Child, of course, legends like Shaka Khan and Cool and the Gang, and then some really exciting emerging artists like Demola. I, I'm curious to know, you've, you've worked with both brilliant emerging talent, um, developing careers, as we've spoken about Pink and also uh, Amy Winehouse. And then on the other scale of the spectrum, um, incredible legends, icons of music. This is probably a difficult one to answer, but do you have any preference? Like, does one does one end of the spectrum bring any more satisfaction than the other, or is that just too difficult to answer? Mm, wow, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think really it, it it as a choice is difficult. I think that. When I was starting out my career, I, I, I started out working with new uh, new artists simply because, probably because those were the only artists I could get to work with. Um, you know, I was new, they were new. So those artists were completely undiscovered. Um, but you also, so I, and that was, I, if I was going to say a slight preference, I would say that because it's always exciting to, introduce people to something that is new that and, and, and is fresh um, but then at the same time um, working with working with catalogs that's that comes and with a certain amount of maturity um, you know and I don't think I would have had the um, uh, the experience to manage the, the business of catalogs you know when I was in my really early 20s or, or late teenage so um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's really position in life, I suppose. So I get joy out of working catalogs and owning catalogs now. Um, but I also love, really have enjoyed the buzz of working and, and introducing um, new artists. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, that, that feeling, that, that feeling of a sense of maybe completion or a real sense of achievement when you sit there in Wembley and you're watching Pink and you think... Oh wow, <laughs> we we did that. That was that was amazing. I know you would give all the credit to her, but really, you did have oh, a big part in that. So, <laughs> also the thing about with with artists, some of the new artists um, that, I, that I I worked with then that were new artists then they're legendary artists. Some of them legendary artists now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, exactly. You know, and and some of those artists I'm still involved with on on the catalog side. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it sometimes they're the same artist yeah yeah um and and you, i guess you've you've had the privilege of of seeing that arc of their career all the way through and and the amazing um journey to coin a massive cliche that they've all come on that you've come on yourself i guess as well no absolutely because um and also the the depth because initially these may have just been music artists and now it just moving into diff- different media and realms that we wouldn't have thought of, you know, when you're dealing with their work now. Um, there are all sorts of things that, that, that I wouldn't have thought I would be doing um, with, with, with these artists then that I'm doing now that aren't just music. Mm. So, yeah, it's an incredible arc. And just uh, focusing on the discovery and the kind of emerging end of the market for a second, do you think uh, comparing, say, 25 years ago to now, 
um, you mentioned, for example, the difference where now, you know, everything's online, there's lots of, lots of digital uh, aspects to a, to an artist's career. Do you think it's any easier or more difficult or do you just think it's different now being an emerging artist? Mm. Um, it's, yeah, well, obviously it's, it's, it's different. I think in some ways it's, it's more difficult because I think some of the emerging artists don't know what they don't know. Um, yeah. um, and so you can, you can create that buzz um, with perhaps Instagram and, and all of these things that are right in front of you. Um, but the industry, the, the industry that makes things happen um, globally still remains. And um, you, need, you need to have a combination of that, um, those digital materials um, that, that you can have access to so easily, uh, combining that with, with the global infrastructure industry to make things really go, um, go, go huge. And sometimes I think that um, um, an art, a, new artist, a new artist, emerging artist, um, tries to do too much uh, um, and be their own manager, their own perhaps record label, um, and you can't really do it all. You still need a team. And if mm -hmm. you know that, then you're okay. Uh, the, the great artists, there are, still, there are artists emerging now that do know that, um, Stormzy's had some success that way, coming coming out and being independent. But you just have to be aware um, of of the fact that you've got those, you've got the accessibility, but you also there's also stuff that you need to you need to get on board as well as far as teamwork and infrastructure. Yeah, definitely. And I I, I think one of the really essential elements of anyone starting out, well, I guess in any career, but especially in the music industry is education and learning and listening to those who've been in the industry for longer and are wiser and more clued up than you. And that can be really difficult for a for an emerging artist, especially if they're young. Um, but as you say, to have the right people around you and to avoid the sharks, which right. of which there are sadly many, is a, is a tricky thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to, to kind of leap to the other side of the, the other end of the spectrum that you work on do you ever get starstruck i mean some of these the names that we're talking about are i mean they're phenomenal i wish i did <laughs> <laughs> you're so chilled <laughs> i wish i i wish i did um in, in actual fact sometimes that gets me into trouble actually because oh yeah, because um, it really is. It re because I have conversations because I've been doing it. I mean, I started when I was quite young, and and so um, a lot of people that are, um, you know, that are perhaps big names from Whitney Houston to um, Stevie Wonder to Babyface, all these people that I um, may have been involved with or or or, or know or been around um, are. It, it kind of desensitizes you to it. So when you, you, I might speak about someone and they might think, oh, well, that's amazing. And I'm just speaking about it, about something that happened or something yeah. someone said, and I'm not thinking. Um, and so I kind of, I think that's the, that's the thing about being in the industry for so long uh, and at such a young age that you just think, oh, well, that's normal. Um, you know, we work with such great artists um, and, of course, it's not. <laughs> well, it's not. not for the outside world, but I actually, right. 
Although, you know, I do I do envy someone who is as chilled as you because sometimes I'm not quite so chilled. I don't think I've ever actually been starstruck myself. Um, mm. I, I haven't had the privilege of working with such a range of amazing, amazing legends as you've done. But sometimes if I've had an encounter with somebody, um, a friend will say, oh, you know, didn't you just get lost for words or whatever? And and I'll kind of say, well, no, because we were doing it. We were both doing a job and we're human beings. And we this just happens to be a shared crazy industry that we work in. So I guess it's just kind of putting people, putting things into perspective and, and keeping people as as just fellow human beings. Although, you know, some some people will treat other people in different ways. I, I understand that. But um yeah, yeah I guess that's, that's absolutely the thing. That's the thing. You, you said it exactly yourself. It's just people. People are just people. Yeah. And 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 what I found out, um, I remember when I when I first went to Los Angeles and I was surrounded by all of these amazing people. That the higher up you go um, up the totem pole with with famous, you know, illustrious people. Oftentimes, the more normal they become, the ones that uh, are right at yeah. the top. I totally agree with that, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing, you know. People, people relaxed, more relaxed, and just okay. This is just what we do. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's also they're relaxed and they're also just kind of secure in who they are by that point. It's like, yeah, I've kind of proven myself. I think sometimes um, if I've been in studios with with uh, promising and very talented um artists who are maybe just starting out or, or slightly further along their path but they may have got a little bit ahead of themselves in terms of their attitude um and and sometimes I take a step back and I think yeah I actually think this is an insecurity thing that you're kind of you're surrounded by an incredible team of very talented producers or co-writers or whoever they might be even studio engineers who've worked with absolute icons um and they're almost kind of trying to um find their way into their own skin and that can come across as arrogant but sometimes mm. i think it's insecurity mm. yeah i agree so, oh, I don't think there's any insecurity in the in the next artist that we're going to hear because this is another one of your brilliant uh, track choices. Talking of icons and legends, um, your next choice is another beautiful song. It's "Lovely Day." Uh, tell us, as if we need ask, why this one particularly uplifts you. Mm. Well, yeah, that one I have to say is, was a little bit of self-indulgence, of course, because it's um, um, that was recorded as part of our catalogue, actually. I know. Um, I was hoping you'd say because <laughs> I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't need a, a, a real excuse for that. Of course, Bill Withers, lovely day, amazing, amazing artist, amazing person, RIP, um, who yeah. just recently lost. Um, but, of course, I mean, at a time like now, I mean, you know the optimism in that song um, is is the sentiment is needed, um, and um, such a beautiful beautiful song and, and, and songwriter. Um, I mean, Bill Withers. Uh, I met him once, and um, you know he listened to him speak. And you know this is a man that came into the music industry. Uh, I think at age thirty. Um, you know, and um, in this in a short time that he that he was in the business. Uh, recording, he he wrote um, 
some some pieces of cultural history. Lean on me is another great song I could have chosen. Um, yeah. And 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 then he left it simply because he he couldn't really work in the industry. They wouldn't allow him to work on his own terms. Um, um, but he he literally encapsulates for me some of the songs that he has written. Um, such amazing. Uh, uplifting um sentiment and so i had to include that one love it i'm so glad you did and you know what we're very much aligned because i actually ended the last edition of the happiness pause with this exact track and because of that same sentiment of we really need some uplifting hope for a better lovely day coming soon so um let's hand over to bill withers just instantly makes you smile. I think there's something also to be said for iconic intros, and that really is one. I can just imagine the team sitting back in the studio for a first playback and just nodding their heads and going, oh yeah, we've got it. That is just such an anthem. Thank you so much to my guest, Michael K. Kiladejo, for choosing that one, Bill Withers, with Lovely Day, as if I had to remind you. You're listening to The Happiness Pause on Soho Radio, and we're being treated to some absolutely glorious tracks today. Now, Michael, we're listening to this beautiful music. You're so chilled. This is this, everything is very smooth, but you you strike me as someone who works really hard. Do you find all the happiness you need in your work, or it, do you find it more in in the other areas of your life? Hmm. Um, I find a lot of happiness in my work, um, but I think that. Um, as I've gotten older, I've learned to to try to find happiness and detach a little, because if you um, there's so much there's, there's such a delicate balance when you when you wrap yourself up in work because you can only control so much um, mm. in terms of commercial success, if you like. Um, so at the end of the day, it becomes um, it becomes for me um, about the endeavor, um, and that's the important thing, and not so much the results or the perceived results. Um, so, so yes, I, I'm still I still get a lot of my happiness um, from my work, but I'm detached from the actual results. Uh, I'm not tied. The happiness, my happiness, isn't tied into the results of that work commercially, if that makes any sense. Oh, it totally does. And I'm actually smiling as I listen to you and nodding my head vigorously because it's so sensible and so refreshing to hear that. When when you work in um, anything creative, I think especially, where passion is definitely a driver and, you know, it, it's it's where our heart hearts beat, basically. It's it, what bl- pumps the blood around our bodies is our, is our passion for what we do. It can be really, really difficult to get that delicate balance right between... Um, standing back a little bit as you say and realizing that you've put in the hours you've put in the hard graft and the rest is kind of not up to you that's that's a, that's a difficult 
place to get to, but I guess it's experience and maturity and perspective. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I didn't know half of what I know now starting out. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you learn these things along along the way, uh, not to tie yourself up in knots mm-hmm. um, about about the end, the end result. Um, but certainly, once you let it out, if you're happy with it and you're smiling, then that's what that's what matters. Yeah, completely, completely. Not always easy to achieve that feeling, but it's it's certainly a, a great thing to aspire to. Um, you've chosen, as I mentioned, some really gorgeous tracks for us today. We're very, very lucky. Are you one of those people who say they love all types of music or are there any genres that you really don't like that don't make you happy if I was to play something right now? (laughs) I'm testing you. (laughs) I don't like all music. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, But I just, yeah, I just... um, I just like great songs. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I, and, and that's where my work is is bound up in me as a person. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm always looking for a great something that has a great hook and, and it's a great melody and it's a great song, something that the, the mailman can whistle walking down the street. That's what makes me happy. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, I suppose that's me. That's the professional part of me that just stays everywhere. Yeah, and that's it's it's uh, speaking to the kind of universal appeal of a great song. I guess that's you know um, they always say the more personal something is, the more personal a lyric is, the more universal it is in its appeal, which I think is totally true. And that's what gets the mailman, apart from the catchy melody, that's what gets the mailman whistling along or singing those those lyrics that somebody's exactly. taken care to write. Um, now somehow. Amid all that you do and all that you've done, you've also found the time to get involved in yet another business, another music business, a streaming platform. Mm. Um, now, this is an African streaming platform, but with a very much with a global focus, Me Playlist. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, with Me Playlist, um, I saw an opportunity to get involved in, in the even further into the global, you know, unexplored, I would say, uh, music market in, in Africa and bring that closer to where we sit. Um, it would we I had an opportunity to um, place our catalogue on that platform and um, we were actually approached to place our catalogue on that platform and I was so excited about um, first the technology um, that, that, that that existed there and also the difference there's a there's a social element to the platform so it was doing something different um, and um, I was really excited about that so I, I, I facilitated um, that investment uh, with myself and, and and Matthew Matthew Knowles uh, and we've been um, pretty much hands-on with the development ever since. It's very exciting as we're bringing that, as we've been bringing that to market. Yeah, really exciting. And does it bring you uh, a sense of kind of contentment to be introducing the music of African artists to a global audience, but as you really tapped into there, uh, contributing to the globalization of the African industry more widely? I mean, it's booming and it's got so much potential, but it's still it's still growing. So that must be pretty satisfying to be involved in that. Yeah, no, definitely because I'm mean, I'm a British African, British Nigerian, if you like. My heritage is is, is Nigerian. So 
Um, so it's doubly exciting for me um, to be able to bring that, um, bring that closer and, and globalize that. Um, yeah, and it, and it's booming, as you said. It's 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 really, really, really booming. So um, all the stars aligned really for um, my involvement with that side of um, in in that part of the world, and also um, really going into an area that really, really excites me, which is the world of streaming. Um, you know, I think streaming is is kind of age after you know all of the years of digital piracy and. Um, and the and losses in in the music industry. Um, streaming has turned out to be, or is turning out to be, um, the savior of the music industry. So, that's yeah, really, certainly right now. Yeah, certainly right now. So, um, it's it's definitely felt right and and exciting for me to be involved in that and help uh, and be involved in in the next phase of of streaming on the glo- on the global stage. And can our audience here in the UK, can they tap into uh, Me Playlist? Is that is it available here yet? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, we it, it's available. You can go on online, uh, mepaylist.com. Uh, um, and also you can download the Me Playlist app. I, I believe it's not on iPhone yet. It's not iOS, but it's, okay. it's, it's Google and all of those other things. Um, it's, it's still developing into iPhone, but it's available. Okay, online. well, that's cool because, you know, sometimes uh, people get used to uh, listening to music through their kind of uh, normal preferred uh, streaming platform, whatever that might be. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just an exciting opportunity for an audience of listeners to try something a bit different and maybe broaden their listening experience as well. No, absolutely. I mean, the platform is um, is some of the unique points about it is that we have access to a lot of the indigenous musics that you wouldn't necessarily find on on some of the uh, on some of the other platforms that are out there. Yeah. So, um, so, so that really is from the ground up an Afrocentric um, streaming platform. A lot of a lot of the indigenous music um, that is really really hard to find um, is there because of the uh, connections we've we've been able to establish out there. So it has its it has its selling, unique selling point that makes yeah. it exciting for us. Sure, and and I guess for a kind of wider uh, Western and and beyond that, an international audience who may be familiar with the music coming out of Africa because of influences like Afrobeat, which has just absolutely exploded and fused with so many other genres that, uh, yeah, this is an amazing way for them to discover other African music that they might not have known about before. So an amazing opportunity. Exactly. Yes. So it's uh, my turn for a track choice now. Um this one again i'm just, i'm celebrating beautiful vocalists today uh there's definitely a theme and just some just some great tracks so the next one is going to be michael kiwanuka and this is hero Michael Kiwanuka with Hero on today's Happiness Pause on Soho Radio. I'm Emma Bartholomew and I'm lucky enough today to be joined by my guest, 
Michael K. Kiladejo. We're talking all things music and, of course, all things happiness. That's what we're here for. Um, so, yeah, from one Michael to another, on a personal note, how has the daily challenge of coping in this weird, weirdo lockdown that we're all trapped in, how's that affected your daily existence? Wow. Yeah, that's a big one. It's... Yeah. It's... Who would have thought? I mean, it's the world has changed so completely um, to to what we've known. Um, So no one could have been prepared for this. Um, It's really been a case of uh, the first couple of weeks um, were for me, okay, you know, how do I navigate this? What do I do um, to find my new self within this environment and a lot of that was really basic stuff like how do i keep how do i maintain my fitness now i can't get to the gym yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a, that's a big one um because fitness is key uh physical fitness so i had to establish that you know got getting out there and, and just running you know you know every other day maybe a 5k or something like that mm-hmm. um keeps me going um and and then I had to also find a way to moderate my news intake um, because mm-hmm. um, and and also um, filter some things from some people around me because you know people are reacting to it different differently um, and I had some friends who were really going to town with the conspiracy theory theories and the fears and all of that stuff and. You know, it's very, very difficult to um, to maintain a, a degree of balance with, with with all of that and all of the news that that's that's um, coming at you. So, so the first couple of few weeks really was establishing how much of that I wanted to take in from outside sources and from friends around me, and then finding my filter valve, and then just getting on with it uh, once I've established that. Um, so, so yeah, it's a matter of really, really just reestablishing the control of my own, my own environment uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and understanding how I, how I can address this. And, and then also really for me, looking, looking on the positive side of things, because, you know, and that's what I wanted to do really. My first thing was, oh, how this is an opportunity to really find myself and, um, you know, read all those books I've been telling myself I'm going to read for so long, (laughs) Um, you know, um, and doing all of that good stuff. Um, So there are positives, you know, amongst a lot of the sadness, there are positives and we always have to uh, look for those. That's what we are. We're human beings. We, we, you know, we survive. Um, So, so yeah. So now I have my even keel. Good. I'm very pleased to hear that. How How are you getting on by the way with that, with that book reading aspiration I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not doing too badly um you know it's 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 uh to be honest with you business is <laughs> i thought business would stop and oh, it hasn't it's gotten i know yeah. you know busier than i'm busier than than, than ever yeah um, yeah y- y- you know so so now that you know everybody's sort of like up and running and like except we're, we're just in our homes for the most part um yeah you know so uh i think i i still feel we're kind of in lockdown so i've still got mm-hmm. the opportunity to to chase up on some more books but not as much as i thought i would 
No, I, I, I too had very noble ambitions in the first couple of weeks and uh, yeah, busier than ever, which we are very blessed, both of us, that we are busy working because obviously there are so many people whose work has been drastically affected. But um, yeah, sadly, those books are going to have to wait. Uh, yes. But re I'm really with you. As you know, I too um, am a big exercise fan. I think uh, physical exercise or activity, whatever you whatever you like doing that keeps your body moving is just so psychologically important as well to keep your keep your spirits lifted or just focus your mind on the physical mechanism of, of moving in whatever way you're moving. I think that does our minds a lot of good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the spiritual as well. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, the spiritual and, and the meditation um, really after, after the movement comes to stillness, um, Yes. you know, and they go hand in hand, um, you know, cause, because for me it's, it's, it's boils down to um, my own personal principle is the, the, the who, the what, and the why at any given time. Who am I? Uh, if I, I need to always know that. Uh, I need to know what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it. Um, and often that type, that, that needs a constant rebalancing to make sure that I'm on, the, on, that, on that, that path. You yeah, know? So very, meditation very, as well. very wise words. Yeah, meditation is a very important element of life if, if you're able to, to do that. It seems very apt, having asked you about pushing on during the lockdown, to hear your next track choice. Another fantastic one. Tell me why uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us is significant to you. Oh, gosh. I love this song. Um, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us. The first time, it's, it's in the title. Uh, yes, I totally gonna... agree. Yeah, <laughs> you know um, that's how I feel about life. I I I believe that um, nothing should stop me from doing what I want to do, and and I think that's that's a good thing. I, I mean, in terms of you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, um, but you know, the freedom to be able to express yourself, um, you know, and and achieve your aims and your goals is so important to me. And, um, and the songwriter who wrote this song, Diane Warren, is, is one of the greatest, greatest to me, in my opinion, songwriters yeah, of all time. I totally. love so much of what Diane, Diane Warren has written. And, and the producer is a friend of mine, um, Nada Michael Walden, who, um, who I think he had six number one records with, um, with Whitney Houston. And I didn't wow. know this at the time when I was listening to this as a kid, but I got to meet him and, and work with him. And he's one of my, one of my very close friends of mine now. Um, so, um, so yeah, I just really, really, really love this song. It's just, uh, every time I hear it, it, uh, it makes me feel strong. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just a great, it's a great motto for life. It's a great motto for our times. And I have to say, we speak the, the same language, Michael, because my personal and professional motto has always been, I can, and I will, as you say, as long as I'm not hurting anyone. Um, so let's uh, tune into Starship now with Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now.
That was Starship with Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. I just can imagine people singing into their hairbrushes or their bottles of water and really believing that they have the power. Thank you so much for bringing that one to us, Michael. Um, you are my guest on The Happiness Pause. We're on Soho Radio. And um, I was interested, you did a sneaky bit of name dropping there, I have to say, in that track intro. Well done. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Just a sneaky bit about the producer and working, you know, that's... Um, Nyla Michael oh yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you stuck it Nyla. in. <laughs> um, but you ha- you've worked with... So, I mean, even today I've heard some other names that I, I hadn't realised that you'd worked with. Um, and there are so many name uh, jaw-dropping uh, artists in, in, in your kind of portfolio of work. Are there still any on your wish list that you would love to collaborate in some way? I I I I I'd like to collaborate with the next new exciting artist. That's Good answer. That, that's it for me. I love new exciting artists. And how how do you discover them now? I mean, are you like constantly uh, listening to I don't know n- new new music playlist or discovering stuff online or going to gigs when we're in the kind of normality that we were used to before lockdown? In all honesty, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it tends to happen um, through um, through people that I know that might suggest. Um, for example, Demona, who I signed um, to the label, um, was was actually already signed with my business partner Matthew Knowles, and um, we decided to move him to to my label because he was Afrocentric, and you know, I was heading along that path with. The African music, and I put him together with Davido um, as a first record, um, and so so yes, but yeah, I, it's so difficult to find the time. I do it, I do look online, but it's not as a constant practice. You know, I, I mm-hmm. tend to 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 work by just someone coming to me and saying, "Listen to this," or someone I know, you know. Yeah, and I guess also the 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 noise that's out there you know there's so many emerging artists and there's so many curated new music playlists on various platforms and uh websites and blogs that i i guess at least you have that sort of pre-built-in filter of okay this is being brought to me as a recommendation by somebody i really trust so that kind of takes a little bit of the uncertainty out of the beginning of the process i guess yeah, yeah, because it's, like I said before, with the new artist, sometimes, you know, for me, it's a lot of it is the mind being right and the attitude of the artist, harking back to what we were speaking about at the earlier in the earlier part of the conversation. And so I think that with all that's going on, it's, it's very, very difficult to find that artist now um, that really understands that they need the team and, and the whole and understands the industry rather than what the, the industry as they believe it to be and as it's presented to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of noise um, and it takes a lot of a lot of time and effort to develop an artist. Um, so you have to you have to really if you're going into that sort of endeavor, you have to be really sure that it's something or some someone that's going to respond in the way that um, makes a lot of sense um, to to being able to achieve uh, certain degrees of success so you, you need a filter definitely mm-hmm. yeah 
and I guess any emerging artists are coming to a coming into an industry which is very um, unsettled at the moment. Um, it's taking a real beating uh, in certain elements, obviously the live and touring elements of the industry, as so many other sectors globally at the moment. But given this is the happiness pause and you seem to have a great amount of practical, realistic optimism, please tell me you've got positive glimmers of hope for the future of the music industry beyond lockdown. <laughs> please. <laughs> I have, I have, I definitely have optimism. Nobody has answers at the moment. I think no. those, will, those will come with time, um, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, my own personal view is that, you know, we will eventually uh, get a vaccine. Um, some of the greatest minds are working on testing drugs and getting vaccines and all of those kinds of things. And eventually this virus will, will become something that is obviously in the population, but will be controlled. So we will edge back. I think, I think that the, the, my personal view is that um, what mustn't trip us up is the speed at which we, we head back. Um, oh yes. Yeah. That is the thing. I think that if we take our time, I know there's a lot of pressures uh, the economics of everything, um, but it's just measuring it and, and, and measuring that in a global fashion because, because we are a global village and, you know, one person can't, one country can't be acting, going too fast over here and every, someone over here is being cautious. So that's the thing. I think that, um, uh, that it has to be global cooperation um, in, in moving forward. And if we can get that balance right, then, you know, on the horizon, everything will settle down. But yeah. that's what we need to work through right, right now. Yeah, I, I think that's a very sensible approach. And one really positive thing that I've certainly noticed during lockdown, not just within the working world, but um, in the community in general, is, is a real sense of solidarity and community and a, and a bit more compassion than usual. Obviously, that's not always the case, but um, yeah. where it is, long may that continue. Right. Um, and I think I'm going to hand over to another legend uh, to give us a bit of musical joy. Um, this time, it's the turn of Otis Redding, and this is Try a Little Tenderness. Young girls, they do get weary Wearing that same old shaggy dress Yeah, yeah But when she gets weary Well, thank you, Otis Redding. Always brings some calm, some joy, some elation to my ears and to my mind and my heart when I hear that. The timeless Try a Little Tenderness. Uh, you are here on Soho Radio. Um, now, Michael, if you don't mind, we're going to talk a bit more uh, in depth about your own sense of happiness. That's what we're here for, after all. Are you someone who is happy by default or do you have to work at it? I mean, I know happy is a, is a very subjective word, but um, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I have... I have a, a happy disposition. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
so and I have to have optimistic people around me. Um, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. Um, but at the same time, um, I also intellectualize my happiness. So by that, I mean that I know that I have to do things to keep myself happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and, and some of those things are, are really um, just functional things. I was, just, I was saying, I was talking about fitness and keeping moving because mm-hmm. I know, you know, you know, our bodies, they're, they're like machines. You have to, to oil them, you have to water them, you have to give them sunshine, sunshine sunlight, you know, all of these different things um, that you have to work at, that you learn. Um, that you need uh, to give yourself as you go along in life um, uh, to keep yourself happy. Um, so, so I do have to work at it. I think we all have to work at happiness. Um, sometimes that means keeping negative people away from us, knowing what works for us um, as as people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and carefully gu- uh, uh, guarding that. Guarding what goes into my mind um, in terms of what I view or hear, um, you know that all of that is important as well. So I can't, I don't rest on my laurels with my happiness. Um, I have to, in that sense, I have to work at it, protect it, and nourish it. Yeah, that sounds like a really good piece of advice, actually. Now, I mean, you you couldn't possibly have known you'd be leaving such a lasting footprint behind you as you go um on on the world via your own music and the artists that you've worked with during your career when you were a kid for example so if you could go back and advise your say younger teenage self is there is there a piece of advice that you'd give yourself about finding happiness as an adult maybe it's that maybe it's about nurturing it and protecting it Mm. yeah that's a really really good question um I think I would have I would have I would tell myself to relax a little. Yeah. Um, um and that doesn't mean relax in, in my efforts. That just means relax in, in you know, everything's gonna be alright if you just focus on the prize. Um and and, and and don't worry so much. You know. Um mm. and you know, and I think that is the thing, the key. Uh, for me that I have now that I perhaps didn't have as much and and who does um, not knowing the future you know that everything kind of works out in the end yeah you know everything kind of works out in the end that's so true even if it can sometimes take us years of hindsight to realize oh that's why that thing happened Um, exactly yeah always fascinating and it sounds like you've learned to find more happiness as you've become an adult and matured, as you said, that that's basically how it works for most of us. But do, do you think that you're happier now than say as a child, like sometimes people find that there's nothing like the sense of uninhibited uh, happiness. Some of the luckiest amongst us uh, experience as children. Do you, do you reflect on those years or do you, are you kind of living in the moment kind of a guy? I live in the moment. Mm-hmm. I live completely in the moment. Um, but if you ask me to reflect, um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if when you go way, way back um, to to really, really young, I think we all have that uninhibited, carefree um, uh, happiness, if you want to call it that, when we're when we're children. 
mm-hmm. um, when you when you when you don't know you don't know to worry <laughs> you don't know yeah. you don't know to yeah. concern yourself bliss. with things yeah, yeah absolute bliss <laughs> 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 you know and then you get older and it's like okay what am I going to do um, you know um, how am I going to make money and uh, you know and all of these other things or, or how am I going to am I going to achieve my dreams and all of that kind of stuff yeah you know but yeah I mean I don't think anything compares with that 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 um that that very very early innocence um you know and I think that's in a way I suppose we, we're all it's the battle to get back there I think that's where we're all trying to get to in the end oh yes yeah. absolutely absolutely I couldn't agree more now I think we should bring bliss back into our lives for a moment of joy because you've brought just the wonder that is Stevie Wonder um, with Saduke. And why is this particular Stevie track an important one to you? Mr. Wonderful. Um, yeah, Stevie Wonder. Um, no, definitely. I mean, what I really love about this, of all the great Stevie Wonder songs, and there are many, um, this one strikes me in terms of uplifting. Um, because when I listen to this song, it's like, it almost sounds like it's a, a live recording from top to bottom. I don't know if it is. It sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. And and um, he just sounds really, really happy. And the thing about this particular track is that Stevie is paying homage to some of the musicians who influenced him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was listening to this, I had no idea who Ella was. I had no idea who Sajid was. I didn't, so Ella Fitzgerald... Um, Duke Ellington, Ellington, none of yeah. these people. And yeah. so it was almost like the gift that kept giving for me. I was like, Who's, what was he talking about? And I would go and find these records. So um, it was one musical legend educating me about all these other musical legends and um, and just the exuberance in which he did it uh, is so, so exciting to me. So that's why I love this record. Oh, that's why we all love this record. This is from Songs in the Key of Life, classic Stevie Wonder album, and this is Sir Duke. dancing or at least tapping your toes to that track uh Sajuk from Stevie Wonder frankly I think there might be something wrong with you we're trying to get you happy today and if that one doesn't do it I do not know what will we are the happiness pause we are on Soho Radio and I am speaking to my wonderful guest Michael K Kiladejo and Michael you are a well-traveled gentleman you've been probably all over the world at least a few times for work and for life um you've got an international background is location important to you in feeling happy is there one place maybe in the world where you feel really at your happiest um no no oh. funnily enough i can feel that's the i can feel happy anywhere you take um, your happiness with you that's I take, great i take my happiness <laughs> with me um that's the that's the thing about being able to i think you know especially these days i i i suppose i'm too i'm very very um keyed into what my, my work is, is is a big part of my happiness and um so unfortunately as long as i can i can get 
online somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm happy, uh, whether that be in Africa, uh, anywhere, somewhere in the US, or even here on, in, in the middle of lockdown. Um, I'm, I'm, I find my happiness. Um, and I think that's really, really important, uh, actually. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not really, shouldn't be about our surroundings. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, Nelson Mandela was able to find some degree of happiness in his prison cell, you know. Um, yeah, we find it within ourselves. Yeah, find absolutely. Find it wherever we can find it if we have to. Yeah, completely. Um, what about seasons? Are you are you any kind of, have you got a favoured season that you brings you any kind of joy, like the spring or the autumn or winter or summer? I like the winter, actually. Ah, interesting. <laughs> I love the winter. Um, I love Christmas, mm. you know. I was born in February um, as well, so, you know, kind of coming out of winter. Um, but, but yeah, I love, I love the cold, funnily enough. Mm. <laughs> as much as I love the warm, I love the cold. There's something very comforting, I think, about finding warmth when it's cold. So maybe that's something to do with it. Yeah, probably. Um, probably. I, that's kind of Christmas, yeah. Yeah, Christmas, yeah. And I, I'm also a real believer in people being quite uh, attracted to their season. Like, you're a February baby, that's winter time, and I'm a spring baby, I love, I love the springtime. I don't know, maybe mm. that's just... Uh, my warped perception but um mm -hmm. uh it's time for me to indulge in another of my song choices now this is actually a dedication to one of this show's and soho radio's phenomenally hard-working and just lovely producers um will will if you're listening i know you love d'angelo uh so this one is brown sugar and it's just for you as a massive thank you to all your hard work especially at the moment That was D'Angelo with Brown Sugar, temporarily making me feel a lot cooler than I actually am. I mustn't forget that. Um, now, before we continue our chat, Michael, I'm actually going to go straight into your final song choice of the day. I do have one last very tricky question for you after this next song plays. Um, but this is another piece of musical perfection. Why have you chosen Sam Cooke's Wonderful World for us? Okay, so when you asked me to come up with five songs um, that uplift me, I could have chosen so many. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it was difficult, but some of the, the songs that I've chosen were as much as um, uh, the choice is very much the artist or the, the artist that sung them as, as much as the, as the song. Um, and for me, Sam Cooke, who has so many songs again I could have chosen, Sam Cooke was a pioneer, uh, an African-American pioneer in terms of music business. Um, and and so he was the first to to have his own publishing company and his own record label back in the sixties. Very very smart, very very um, astute businessman, as as much as that as as a singer. And that appeals to the business side of music in me. Um, and um, the song itself is so pure in its sentiment. Um, 
don't know much about algebra, don't know much about the French I took, but I, I do know I love you. The simplicity of love um, with no strings attached um, is, again, uh, what is going to be our salvation um, coming out of this, um, what we're in, the difficult times that we're in now. So Sam Cooke is the man and the song, a Wonderful World for me, perfect right now. Yeah, a beautiful sentiment of unconditional love from a true inspiration of an artist. This is Wonderful World from Sam Cooke. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Teaching us that we don't need to know or understand much about anything. As long as we're capable of love, things might just get a bit better. I'm a true believer in that. Uh, what an uplifting song. Uh, a really joyful one. Uh, Michael K. Kiladejo, my happiness pause guest. You have been such a treat and such a delight to speak to, as always. I can't believe we're nearly at the end of today's show already, but there is still time, I'm afraid, for me to ask you one final pretty tricky question. Um, I do ask all my guests. You're not a victim in any way. Um, I want to put you on the spot and ask you if you could give me three essential ingredients that you need in your life to bring you happiness. You can cheat if you need to and add a couple more, but if you can keep it to three, I'll respect you even more. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Okay, um, that's, a, that's a difficult, um, very difficult. Of course, um, music, um, which is, you know, which I've had all my life and I'm sure I'll have to the end of my life, um, hopefully. Uh, music, is, is, I've got to have music. Um, I have to have um, love. Um, that's love um, for others and, and, and love towards me. That can come in all of its forms. I have to have something to love um, and, and some, pe some people to love. And, um, and then third, um, self-awareness. I need to know, like I said before, the who, the what, and the why. Uh, I need to know who I am at all times. If I have all those things, then I'm, I'm happy. That brings me happiness. That is such a succinct answer. I didn't even give you that question before we came on air. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, Michael K. Kiladejo, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your insights, uh, your humour. You've been a real delight. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I think the message uh, I've been reminded of in today's show that I'm constantly reminded of every day of my life is the transformative nature of music. It's so universal in its power to transform our mood and emotions. And while we're all still mostly stuck at home, keeping ourselves and everyone else as safe as possible, so many of us will be turning to music of every genre, era, nationality, for company, comfort, to spark a memory of travel, to discover the world or be with those we love who may now be far away, a beat to dance to with our family or just ourselves at home to lift us out of our own heads. Music is such a gift. And if your energy is low or your mood is down at the moment, which is completely human and natural and it's okay to admit it, given our circumstances especially, please lean on music. 
It's filled with generations of spirit, emotion, experience, and the hope of change. Positive change has got to come. It has come before and it will come again. And this has been the Happiness Pause on Soho Radio. I'm Emma Bartholomew and I leave you with another track by the inspirational Sam Cooke because he said it best and he says that a change is going to come. Thank you.